WHHH FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, here in the Hot 96.3 and WTLC studios in downtown Indianapolis on this first Sunday of December 2020 and the last first Sunday of 2020. We're almost through this thing. In about a month, we'll have turned the page into what we hope is a better year. I heard somebody say at the stroke of midnight, don't say Happy New Year, say Jumanji so we can get out of this crazy crazy game. So glad and so thankful that you are starting your week with me here on the Open Line Show. we got a good show for you. Uh, you've heard that name, Kenneth Allen. You've probably heard it on the air at some point uh, before, and then you for sure heard it throughout the 2020 uh, campaign season as Kenneth Allen ran for IPS School Board Commissioner. Well, he won that race, but uh, thanks to so much that has gone on uh, here in the fall of 2020, this is our first opportunity to check in with Kenneth Allen to see how things are shaping up as he prepares to uh, take, take the school board seat on our city's largest school district. We'll talk with him about uh, the changes and the difference that uh, he's going to bring or that he hopes to bring to the IPS school board. And this is also really your first chance to speak with him. So you can call us 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Of course, you can tweet us at Open Line Show. You can tweet me at Cameron Riddle. And you can also drop us a comment on our Facebook live stream. We have at up and running this morning on the Open Line Show page, the WTLC page, and the Hot 96.3 page. So you can see what's going on in, in studio and at some point, we hope to be able to put the guests on on camera and you can see what they're doing uh, from the comfort of their home as we continue our socially distant uh, broadcast here at uh, Radio 1 and Open Lines. All right. Um, 2020 election season is, is over, but uh, the folks who won big are about to take their positions uh, in in their seats, whether that be in Washington, D.C., whether that be at the Indiana State Capitol or at your local school board. One of those people, as you just heard me mention, was Kenneth Allen. He joins me right now on our live line. Kenneth, good morning, sir. Good morning, Cameron. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be with you this morning. Well, it's, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, years ago, you came on um, the original incarnation of this show when it came on at 7 a.m. I don't remember what it, what you came on for, but you, like so many other people, it's been uh, uh, fun to watch you progress from uh, whatever grassroots effort you were doing before to now being an elected official. Yes, absolutely. Always appreciate the opportunity to chat and for this meeting to really educate and inform our community about all of the wonderful things going on in the city of Indianapolis. So, again, always great to be with you, man, and appreciate the constant support and always having this as a, a mechanism for us to get the word out. Absolutely. So when do you take uh, your seat? So officially um, the uh, seat starts January 1st. Uh, I believe we will be sworn in on the first Monday in January by the mayor, uh, Joe Hogsett. And so after that, it's hit the ground and running. Uh, so what is, I guess, what was it like? Uh, cause you, you've been in the public spotlight, uh, for several years and, and you've, you've been at the, at big tables, but this election season was very different. Uh, you, you couldn't turn on the radio, uh, or listen to this show without hearing a Kenneth Allen ad sometimes twice in an hour. Uh, you, uh, when I went to go vote early at the city County building, there was a, uh, a big old uh, mobile billboard 
saying vote for Kenneth Allen IPS school board circling the uh, hundreds of us who were standing in line. What was that like? Yeah, so Cameron, we ran a very aggressive campaign, very intentionally. You know, one of the hardest things that I probably ever had to do was to campaign in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and so the traditional ways that you would typically see politicians engaging with communities and constituents uh, didn't exist. There were no churches to go to visit. There were no picnics, no festivals, no Indiana Black Expo, some celebration, no state fair. So what we had to do as a team when we decided to run for school board, we said, how do we get our message out? How do we reach voters? And we had to be very creative, very innovative. I was very fortunate and blessed to put a great team of folks behind me that understood that this was a very challenging uh, and difficult time to campaign, and we had to be very unique. And so I'm appreciative of all the folks that surrounded our, our message and supported us to get our word out, but it was very tough to get the word out and get the message out in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, hope. Go okay. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, this thing, COVID, will slowly come to pass and we'll be able to, you know, engage in more traditional ways. But, you know, this is probably a campaign for the books. I think this is something that uh, historians will look back and say, how did they do this in the middle of a pandemic? So why was it such a hotly contested election there? We had a half a show or at least a whole show, I think, a couple of weeks ago where we talked about uh the, the the election and and also school board and why it was so um polarizing there are thousands tens of thousands of dollars had been poured into your campaign and your competitors campaign uh and, and several others as there were multiple seats open what is it about the IPS school board race that causes it to get so much more attention than other school board races because there were multiple school board races going in other school districts that we didn't hear a quarter of much as we heard about yours. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very, very good question. I often wanted that as well. As you know, there were, you know, nine, there are nine other school districts in central Indiana. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, a lot of the medium only covered the Indianapolis public school board race. I do know that obviously we are the largest district in the state. So oftentimes other school districts and even media outlets look to see what Indianapolis Public School is doing so they can possibly set the standard for a lot of uh, other school districts. But it's always interesting that, you know, it was so much attention paid. I actually don't complain about the attention. I think it's wonderful. I hope the same level of attention that was given during the campaign continues to be on the school board so that we can get our message out about the great things happening in the Indianapolis Public School Board. But when you think about a school board, see, Cameron, and most, most folks don't realize this, uh, uh, sp- particularly somebody in my case who ran at large, that's bigger than the city county council race. There, there's over 200,000 plus voters in my district. That's bigger than the state representative race. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about the amount of voters and the amount of uh, folks that you have to reach, uh, it's huge and it's tremendous. And I think a lot of people underestimate it. And oftentimes, too, what we saw, too, is that more people are starting to understand how important local offices are with everything that's going on, both in our community and national, how important it is to have good, solid, quality elected officials in your local offices, whether that be school board, city, county council, state representatives, judges and prosecutors. So I'm happy that, you know, it was polarized. Um, and I hope that that same level of effort and energy continues to highlight all of the positive things that's going on in the Indianapolis Public School District going forward. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning as we talk live with Kenneth Allen, who is headed to the IPS School Board of Commissioners. Also send us a tweet or drop us a comment there, and I'll read it live here on the air if you're watching on the Facebook live stream. Kenneth, you just talked about uh, how IPS School District is the largest in Indianapolis, but while that is true, the majority of students in Indianapolis do not go to IPS schools. They go to the other 10 school districts here in Marion County. But still, that said, there's also that large impact uh, that IPS seems to have, especially when it comes to uh, charter schools and magnet schools. And that was also uh, a big motivation of people um, running whether for or against that uh, that ideology of charter schools, magnet schools, imagination schools, whichever you call it. 
for folks who need a refresher, where do you stand on all that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things about this particular campaign cycle, that they try to make you either for or against a, a school model or school type. And actually, I'm neither. I'm for what's best for children, and I'm for letting parents decide who know what's best and what's the best learning environment for their children. So nobody knows their children better than the parents, and so I definitely support parents being able to choose what's the best option for them. So when it comes to charter schools, why is that so polarizing? I think part of it for me is us not just completely understanding what that means. I mean, you have these charter schools, you have imagination schools, you have innovation schools. Is is What can we do as you head to school board to get people to better understand what shapes IPS? I think that's part of the reason that you get so much interest and even pushback and distrust because people don't understand what all this is. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there is a level of transparency that's needed more uh, with our charter innovation schools. I think we have to communicate better uh, some of the wonderful things going on uh, in our charter innovation schools. You know, Cameron, I talk to voters almost every day that were early voting, whether it was at the city county building or even some of the early voting uh, centers that opened up. And I, hold, I heard the wonderful stories from parents who have their children in some of these charting innovation schools, and they talked about how their children, in many cases, were improved, and they appreciated the different types of models because it helped their students and their children learn better. So I think as a board member, one of the things I have a responsibility to do to make sure that we're holding our um, charter innovation schools, as well as our traditional public schools, accountable and definitely being transparent and communicating better. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. I had a couple of callers standing by. 317-239-9696. Call me right now. Let's see who this is on line one. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Hello. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Hi. Uh, well, right now, I don't want to give my name, but All I right. got a question for that man. Okay. Uh, my daughter goes to an IPS school, and my son had been going to that school for over four years. I have had letters from the principal, the teachers, and all that. When my daughter started going there, I recorded the principal. First, he told me the CPS said I can't be around my child. I got a recording, a five-minute recording on conversation. The right, the, the racist principal said that I can't be around my daughter. I told him, until you tell me who you talk to, I'm going to be around my daughter. An hour later, the police shows up at my house with a restraining order saying that I threatened the principal, the teacher, and threatened my daughter's life. Now, I'm in court now to get custody of my daughter which I have over six letters from that same school. IPS is racist. They're not to be trusted. What is he going to do about that? And I have filed, I'm going to file a lawsuit. I just hired an attorney. All right. Thank you so much for, for that. Uh, Kenneth, he says there's a, there's a big problem. How do you solve that? Absolutely. I, I, first of all, let me apologize to that, uh, that uh, man uh, that he experienced that. Uh, but what I do encourage him to do to make sure that he contacts the school district central office and report that claim. I'm not sure if he has, but I would encourage him to make sure that he reports that to our central office so that we can investigate and look into that. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. On the air this morning with Kenneth Allen, one of the newest members of the IPS school board who will take office at the stroke of 2021. Uh, Kenneth, 2020 has been interesting for a number of reasons. Of course, Coronavirus being one of them, uh, all Marion County schools right now are uh, running in a virtual mode. Um, As soon as I bring this up, parents are going to call and and give their piece on if they want their kids in person or at home. Where do you stand on getting us through the rest of 2021's school year? Because uh, that's on your clock on January 1st. Absolutely. So Cameron, I'm, I'm a parent of two school age. Um, and one of the challenges, I remember having a conversation with my daughter in the middle of uh, the campaign season. She said, Dad, I'm just tired. This this virtual learning is not working for me. Uh, and she, in her case, she's at a new middle school. Um, she hadn't met any of her teachers. She hadn't met any of her classmates, hadn't physically been in the school at this particular time. Mm-hmm. But this conversation took place. And she didn't feel comfortable asking questions uh, virtually because she didn't want to feel like, you know, she was inadequate. 
And so fortunately, you know, she went to a model where it was kind of a hybrid where, you know, some days she's in the classroom and some days um, she's doing it virtual. But the reality of the situation is that there is no right answer. You know, one of the things that I'm going to have to do as a new commissioner, because this is still, as you indicated, going to be on the table, is to make sure that we're listening to the advice of our health experts uh, and, you know, understanding that things change daily, if not minute. And so while I may be four um, at one moment putting our children back in school, the next minute I may be against it because I have to make sure that I'm doing uh, the best to make sure that I'm following our health experts and as well as science and looking at the numbers. Uh, it's no easy way to do this. This is probably one of the most challenging years for our superintendent and for our school district. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Phone lines are open right now. Give me a call and you can talk with Kenneth Allen and respectfully let him know what it is that you need him to do for you or your concerns, your comments, your questions with Kenneth Allen as he heads to the Indianapolis Public Schools School Board. For those of you who are on hold, if you're hearing my voice through the phone, just hang right there. I'm coming to you. That means you are in queue. Uh, Let's go to this caller who is on line one. Caller, good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, Yes, I'm the caller just called. Uh, Could you let Mr. Allen know that I did drop off a flash drive with the conversation, a copy of the letter and everything back in February to the IPS school board, to the two Mexican ladies that sit at the front desk. All right. And what school was that? This is IPS school of 63. All right. Mr. McGuire is his name. Mr. McGuire is the racist principal. All right. So his boss, I dropped off a letter to his boss. I dropped it off to the school, and I sent uh, uh, several letters to. I've talked to uh, some of his staff members, and left. They left voicemails. Nobody's making an attempt to do nothing. Black so, lives don't matter until we start filing lawsuits. So, Kenneth, I think uh, this gentleman may want to have a further conversation with you or someone from the school board. What's the best way we can get him to have a a continued conversation about this? No, what, uh, no, excuse me. He can talk to my attorney, Tyson Law Firm, out of Greenwood. He can talk to my attorney. All right. And Kenneth, still, for other folks who may have similar concerns, how do we get how do we contact the school board when they're not here on the radio? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, on January 1, I'll, I'll have an official uh, email address, but that's not up. So right now, uh, if your call us out concerns, as that gentleman did, feel free to forward or email me at Allen, A-L-L-E-N, the number four, IPS at gmail.com. Again, that's Allen. A-L-L-E-N, the number 4-I-P-S at gmail.com. 317-239-9696 is the number to get on the air this morning and talk with Kenneth Allen right now. We've got more calls coming in. 317-239-9696. Uh, caller online, too. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning, Cameron. This is Tim. How you doing? I'm good, Tim. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I don't want to take the conversation in a different direction, but is this the Kenneth Allen that's on the DPW board? No, this is uh, well, Kenneth. I let you answer. I couldn't hear your caller. I apologize, Cameron. He wanted uh, is, he, is he, Kenneth Allen that's on the DPW board. Yes, I am on the Department of Public Works. Okay, uh, Cameron, could you uh, give this guy my information off the air, and then I'll just take and listen. I don't have anything about IPS. Okay, I sure will. I will connect him uh, with you after the show. Thanks, Tim. All right. Uh, Kenneth Allen, just proof right there. You are a man of many hats, much like myself. uh, And you're adding, continuing to add to your list of hats. Uh, 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. On the air this morning with Kenneth Allen as he prepares to go to uh, IPS school board. Kenneth, day one, what is your first thing that you'll be doing uh, once you are in your new role? Well, you know, for me, it's definitely the priorities that I ran on. Uh, one of the priorities that I ran on our campaign was making sure that we had an appropriate uh, COVID-19 response. I think that's going to be the most important issue that the board is going to have to tackle and face. Uh, and what I mean by that is that we have to make sure that our children and staff are doing okay. And that means that we have to check their temperatures both physically and mentally uh, because this is a pandemic as um really challenge all of us, whether you are in school, uh, in the adult world. Uh, it, it's very important that we literally check in with students, 
emotional needs are and make sure that as a district we're meeting those. And we may not have the capacity as a district to meet all those needs, but that gives us an opportunity to be very creative uh, and establish partnerships with different nonprofit organizations and service organizations that can support our students and our staff. Many of our, our, our teaching staff, our parents as well, so they're having to navigate teaching virtually as well as parents and those children, parents and their own children. So this is a very challenging time. So we have to make sure they're okay. And if they're not okay, to make sure that we're equipping them with the resources so that, so that we can respond and they can respond uh, appropriate to this COVID-19 situation. The other thing that is very important, and I was happy to see that the board passed the racial equity resolution mm-hmm. uh, back during the summer. I think it's very important that we begin to see how we can increase the number of teachers of colors within our district. Uh, right now, we have 70% of our children in the district are uh, black and brown. Uh, we have about 60 different countries that are represented in the district. Oftentimes, that is not a reflection in the teaching staff within our district, and often that's not the time reflected in the curriculum. So I want to make sure that we are increasing uh, the curriculum uh, that reflects our children in the district. I know for me, uh, when I was a student uh, in public schools and I saw a curriculum, I, I'll never forget it. it was my social studies book in third grade, and there was a man in there by the name of State Representative Vernon Smith. He was uh, in a photo read to, reading to some classroom children. Cameron, when I looked up in third grade and saw that African-American man who had hair like me and looked like me, it just made me want to sit up, listen up, and pay attention. And too many times our children come to school and they don't see themselves reflected in the classroom Mm -hmm. and the curriculum, and they check out. And studies prove that when they see themselves reflected in the classroom and the teaching and the school leadership and the curriculum, they tend to do better. So I want to make sure that we are increasing the number of uh, teachers of color. We're increasing curriculums that reflect the district and the students that we serve. And also, obviously, I have a background in financial literacy and entrepreneurship. I want to make sure that that is increased, uh, not just in middle school and high school, but even starting at kindergarten. 317-239-9696 on the air with new IPS School Board Commissioner Kenneth Allen, who got a lot of attention during that 2020 campaign. 317-239-9696 is the number to call and talk to him, voice your concerns, your questions, or your comments. we got more callers on the line. Let's see who this is. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hello? Who's this? Uh, this is John. Uh, I'm a retired out here bus driver and ah. a union rep. I was there. I was there for over thirty years. But the last caller that said that the principal was racist like that, it's it's not race dealing with IPS over the years. It's ignorance. And I tell you what, um, we had a whole. I met with a whole bunch of board members as well as the former superintendent and chief of police about some concerns, and they they addressed them and worked out just fine. But it's most. It's not. A, I ain't gonna put a black white thing with the administrator. It's ignorance. Ignacy. And so I'm, what I'm asking your new member on the board, is he going to go by, the, is he going to fall in that little cliche or is he going to do the right thing? Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. <laughs> Kenneth? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm a man of faith. Uh, I've had a, a extensive history in this community uh, serving uh, and doing what's right for the people. And I plan to take that same passion, that same experience, that same integrity into my new role as an IPS group board commissioner. So Kenneth, it's, it's funny that uh, he called and said he was a bus driver because I got a message from a driver who's listening and works for the district and just says um, to them, you know, they've all been moved over to a third party of first student to handle the 100% of the district's transportation operations. And they just want, uh, essentially to know are are you still going to be looking out for them, these people who work for the district uh, no longer technically are employees of the district now and just still kind of want to know is someone looking out for them as they are driving buses that say IPS on them, although they are not employed directly by the district now? Absolutely. They play a very important role in the lives of our district and the lives of our students. Oftentimes, they're the first uh, doorway that our students see uh, from getting on the bus uh, to actually dropping them off at home at night. So they have a lot of insight uh, on our scholars and our students. So absolutely, they would be of a concern, even though they're not technically employees 
of the district, but I think that it's very important that they have the resources they need, that they feel like we care about them, which we do, uh, to make sure that they have all the needs, all their needs are being met, even though they're not employees of the school district, because oftentimes they see things that the teacher may not see. They see things that the principal may not catch or that the social worker may not catch. So I think it's very important that we keep the line of communication open and to make sure that we're meeting their needs uh, and listening to them. All right, so this morning we are on with uh, Kenneth Allen, who's headed to the IPS school. But we got to take a quick break here. But, uh, Kenneth, I, w- I want to keep you for just a few more moments on the other side of the break. you got more calls coming in, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning and ask your question or raise your concern to someone who will be leading uh, the Indianapolis Public School district when we come back uh more of the open line show is up after this call me right now i'm going to reset the line so if you dial right now you will get in matter of fact boom there's one right there putting you on hold 317-239-9696 stay there and we'll keep talking with kenneth allen and you after this break from you your thoughts your views your voice we are your eye on the community it's open lines on hot 96.3 keeping you connected to what's happening in our city it's open lines on hot 96.3 And we are back with Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, here in the Hot 96.3 and WTLC studios in downtown Indianapolis. Hope you are staying safe, staying positive, and testing negative. Uh, Did you hear about um, our Inspire You virtual expo? It is our way of continuing to get getting you inspired uh, in what has been a difficult year of 2020 as we head into the new year. We will be hosting a virtual workshop, so that means you can watch it online. It's the time to get uplifted, inspired, and motivated. It's called Inspire You. You can join us on December 12th and 13th for your inspiration needs. We'll have workshops and panels starting on from starting a business, balancing working from home, mental health, and so much more. All the details are on our website. And once you feel inspired and uplifted, uplifted, you can help put a smile on a child's face with the Amp Harris Foundation's Christmas giveaway. That is on December 19th at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You can adopt a family today or just make a donation because we know the money goes a long way in what has been a very, very tough year for so many, for all of us, really. Uh, The big thing that happened in addition to the pandemic was the election this year. And that's why we're on the air this morning with Kenneth Allen, who is headed to the IPS School Board of Commissioners. And we're also talking with you as we bring him back in uh, to hear your comments and questions as he prepares to take on that very big responsibility. Several callers standing by here, Kenneth. Thank you guys for waiting patiently on our live line. I got a couple of you standing by and I'm coming to you right now to get you started with your questions. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, Michael. Uh, Michael is with us. Uh, Michael, what's your question? Well, I, I'm a former uh, Indianapolis Public School substitute teacher okay. uh, from 1992 until 2009. Right. I retired from there. And it is true. Do me, IPS do, do, do needs me a, favor. a lot of- Do me a favor and turn your radio down so we can hear you better. All right. I better turn. Can you hear me now, sir? Maybe my TV. You think my TV might? Yeah, just just step out in the other room. I'm getting somebody else's conversation. There you go. That's better. So we can hear you. Well, um, when I was working, there was only a few black male substitute teachers. And I worked in middle schools and high schools, Mm -hmm. the district. And um, the superintendent down there, she's new. She's a uh, bright young lady. To... uh, uh, male, male uh, blacks. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like the Indianapolis Police Department needed more police, o- black police officers on the force. You know, um, substitute teachers are very important to mm-hmm. the, to the students. At this uh, time, we have this virus. I think school districts across the nation are, are having problems uh, getting substitute teachers. 
because of this bias. But um, uh, well, I've got one more thing I would like to say real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond being a, uh, was a substitute teacher, the bus drivers play a very important part of students also. Uh, it's a shame that Indianapolis Public School District uh, had to go to to that company, what they call them, first whatever first they call student. them. But they should have kept those bus drivers w- with the district, Indianapolis Public School District. Maybe they will go back. Maybe also enough people sign petitions that the bus drivers will get you know, the respect they need of being Indianapolis Public School employees, because that's who, what they are. And they play a very important role, just like substitute teachers. You have a nice day, sir. All right, thank you for calling. We always appreciate uh, school support staff, because if you guys don't know, I'm a school support staff at a different school district. So, Kenneth, that, that, that bus uh, situation is one that uh, still comes up quite a bit. That's probably been the uh, second biggest story for IPS of the year right behind the, the pandemic. Uh, as we get more questions about that, because I've even got a text or two, uh, what, wh- where would you have stood? I know you weren't on the board then, but would you have uh, done things differently or would you too have agreed to outsource transportation or should that been a thing that the district handled as all of the other school districts in Marion County handle their own transportation, all of them except Speedway because Speedway doesn't have buses. Yeah, let me, he, he hit a few things. I want to make sure that I hit him for his service to our district. Uh, it's very important that our students, uh, particularly our black, our young black males see African-American males uh, in the educational space. I appreciate his time and service to the district, first and foremost. And then secondly, um, we definitely need more black males in the education landscape. Uh, oftentimes, black males are not entering into the field of education, so therefore we don't have a large pool of African-American males to pull from. So one of the things we can do to fix that is begin to talk even earlier to our children and to our scholars about going into the field of education, particularly our African-American males, and then also making it a little bit easier for those that have experience in real life, uh, whether that's attorneys, whether that's, you know, uh, social workers, whether that's barbers, entrepreneurs, whatever the case may be, whatever professional is, making it a little bit easier for them to transition into teaching because we have a lot of people uh, in our community have a wealth of experience and education that could easily come into teaching uh, with their background and experience. So making pathways for those that want to come to teach, making it a little bit easier. And then to the bus drivers piece, yes, you're correct. I was not on the board uh, when they made that decision. I do know that a lot of that decision was based on making sure that the, the school system itself continues to have the appropriate resources in the classroom. And so I know that a lot of the decision that went into that was making sure that they were able to drive more resources into the classroom. So it was a very difficult and tough decision. But I think at the end of the day, as a school board member, you have to do what's best for the children. Uh, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. you got a slew of callers that are calling in. Uh, if you are hearing my voice through your phone right now, stay there. That means you're on hold. If you're getting a busy signal, keep trying because we're going to get you in. But do not hang up because I'm coming to you. Uh, let's see who this is on line two. Caller, good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Hey, how you doing, Cameron? Good talking to you, been around in a while. Yeah, I, you haven't been where you've been, man. I've been traveling here and there and working <laughs> and, and uh Tending to the, tending to the people in this pandemic, it's it's something. I, tell I did. You. Uh, I did wonder uh, about you. I did wonder about you, though. Yeah, I did want to say hello to uh, Mr. Allen and to Good him. Morning, I am sir. a uh, concerned uh, shareholder. Uh, uh, of a bright scholar at Francis Parker Montessori Fifty Six uh, School, so I am one of the ones in the that does have someone in the district. A uh, couple of issues I'll just bring up real quickly. Maybe he can address once he gets on. Number one. Uh, I've been involved and directly helping with this virtual learning of my scholar and other scholars in the district since August 17th, since back and forth. We had a little six-week period in between. Uh, what would be your opinion to address how to deal with maybe some of the ones, children who may have had struggles during this period of time? Because uh, if you go, I don't know if you have, Mr. Allen, but if you go and look on the cameras, a lot of children need are not getting help that they need for one reason or another. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Can't judge what's going on in a lot of people's homes. I, I, that's not my purpose to do. I'm just saying there's going to be a gap there. I know for a fact 
there's going to be a gap there because of some children's lack or, uh, of, of the uh, resources or the ability that I got home. Now, I did read that article the other day about the mind trust and, and taking people to these satellite locations to maybe get help. That may not be an issue. That may have been an issue for other people, too, just to be able to get someone to those satellite locations. So how would you address how do we help or deal with those children uh, in a system that wants to just test and grade? And number two, I'll bring that up now. I'm a STEM person. I have two degrees in science. Learning guitar was hard. So I've learned about STEAM. It started in Boston from educators years ago. I heard when you campaign talked about science. There, there. Everybody, everybody can't tell you about a Krebs cycle. Everybody doesn't know anything about a, a retrovirus, which is what I deal with. Okay, but, there's a, but Prince was a genius who played 13 instruments. He was a flat-out genius. Ray Charles was a flat-out genius. Stevie Wonder was a flat-out genius. Okay, learning an instrument is very hard. So when you talk about STEAM, I would wish you, as a brother, you would incorporate this thought process, and I'll be done. STEAM represents a paradigm shift from traditional education philosophy based on standardized tests to a modern idea which focuses on valuing the learning process as much as possible. In essence, we dare our students to be wrong, to try multiple ideas, listen to alternative opinions, and create a knowledge base that is applicable to real life as opposed to simply an exam. Dr. Thomas Brown is a proponent of STEAM 2 over at Andrew J. Brown. What would be your opinion of that possibly now dealing with our children? Because at, at Francis Parker, that's what they do. They deal with that, and it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to deal with things in another format. So uh, I'll listen to your opinions of that. Thanks, Cameron. I know I threw a little bit out there, and let's see your answers. Thank you. All right, good good to hear from you, man. Uh, uh, Ken, did you uh, take some notes on the questions? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so the, the first thing I want to address is he, he, he made up a very good point about the potential learning gap uh, because of this pandemic. You know, as a district, as a commissioner, we have to make sure that we're equipping our students and our parents with all the necessary resources to make sure that our students don't fall further behind as a result of this uh, pandemic. So it's going to be important that we continue to develop relationships with nonprofit organizations, community-based organizations, tutoring organizations, to make sure that our students have all of their needs being met and that they don't fall further behind. He mentioned the uh, community learning place at Mind Trust. I think that is a phenomenal idea. I'm very grateful that that's helping a lot of our students. I had an opportunity to visit one of the sites, and our students are receiving those very well. So I think, you know, he hit the nail on the head. We have to make sure that we are giving them everything, the full arm of the whole nine yards, to make sure they have all the resources necessary but not fall further behind. So we can't do it alone. It's going to take community partners. Fortune IPS has a lot of great community partners to help come alongside us to do this work. To his point about STEAM, absolutely, I'm for it. So that's the answer in short. One of the things I talked about on the campaign trail and still will be very much interested to, to implement is entrepreneurship. Cameron, I started my first business when I was 12 years old. My mom, who's a public school educator for over 36 years in public schools, um, noticed that me and some of my friends who worked in my candy store, uh, our math, our English uh, levels of learning increased and got better because of the skills that we were learning uh, in the actual candy store. You know, when I started that candy store, I wasn't the CEO, the CFO. I was the OOO. What's that, can? That's the only operating officer. So I learned how to do a variety of different things that I was able to transfer those skills, those real-life skills, into the classroom, and they helped me be a better student. So absolutely, we have to make sure that our students are being exposed to multiple experiences, multiple things, so that when they graduate, they are prepared to go into whatever field they so choose to. Well, and you know, uh, maybe it's in the messaging that folks don't know all the things that IPS does offer. There's I think a lot of the good gets lost in some of the controversy, but one of the things that I do like about IPS is the different focuses in STEAM that they have. Like I just, I know over at uh, Crispus Attics, they just uh, launched the uh, the medical magnet uh, program. I don't know if that's the right name, but the students who go there will get to have experience working in the medical field at the nearby IU Health medical facilities. And I think that's fantastic. I wish... Uh, more schools were able to have focused things like that. So you're getting a taste of something that you wouldn't get in, until college in high school. Absolutely. And shout out to Jamal Smith, 
who's a former IPS uh, employee who uh, helped navigate that partnership and relationship. He and I worked together uh, several years um, uh, as he used to be the director of the Civil Rights Commission, and I currently chair the uh, Indiana Commission on the Social Status of Black Males with that fall up, mm-hmm. fell up under the Civil Rights. So absolutely very appreciative of that relationship and that partnership. I think it's going to be wonderful for our students that have the desire to go into the medical field. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think that is fantastic. When I heard about it, I was very, very impressed. So hopefully there's more of that. And I know there are other districts in town who do some magnet stuff. I know over in Lawrence, they've got a good uh, broadcasting program over at Amy Beverlin and different things that I was looking at. So just shout out to all the schools who are investing in, in STEAM and and getting our next artists and our next engineers and mathematicians, all that uh, ready to go. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning as we talk with Kenneth Allen, who's headed to the school board. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? It's, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. You're live on the air. What's up? Uh, well, I just want to bring it back to the actual campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and one commend um, Kenneth Allen on running a positive campaign. I think oftentimes candidates um, stay focused on personal issues as it relates to candidates and, and not on the actual issues and policy changes that's going to make um, families um, stronger better and mm-hmm. decisions for their children. So I just would like to uh, commend Kenneth Allen on running a um, focused campaign that stuck to the issues that educated voters, which I think um, is, is just very important for our voters. And um, that, that's my comment. All right. Thank you for the call, sir. We got more calls. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Also tweet us or drop us a comment if you're watching on our Facebook live stream this morning. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, hello. Hey, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Antonio. Antonio, what's up, man? Hey, uh, this is pretty much, um, I got a lot to say about Kenneth. Um, I know Kenneth personally. Mm-hmm. I um, Kenneth went to school together. Um, I know him since ninth grade. Um, ever since he was the president of the E-Club and the brigade commander of the JRTC, Kenneth always been a leader, um, and I have no doubt in my heart he will lead IPS. Um, he takes everything seriously, so, I mean, if, if he says he's going to do something, Kenneth's right there, he's going to do it. All right. Appreciate the call. All right. Kenneth, you, uh, another reminder to always be good to people. You never know who's going to call because he said, I got a lot I can say about Kenneth, and that could have gone either way. So (laughs) (laughs) always got to treat people good. More calls, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? Um, I'm an employee of IPS. All right. And my hours have been reduced, and I cover my whole family with insurance. So, will I work for the food service department? Okay. Will, that, will we get paid for that? Can we file for unemployment? How are we supposed to pay our insurance? Ken, question to you, sir. Absolutely. Uh, I would ask the lady to email me, uh, Allen, A L L E N. The number four IPS at Gmail, so I can uh, uh, forward that question to the appropriate person uh, at the district. Okay. All okay. right. And thank you so much for your hard work in food service. Or I know you guys are uh, your hours might have been reduced, but are you still delivering food right now through the pandemic, or however they got things set so up? So we have uh, satellite schools where people drive up to get meals, mm-hmm. and. Um, we're not feeding as much as we would like, but, you know, we're out there. All right. All right. Thank you so much for your effort and getting the kids fed throughout the pandemic. And make sure you please email uh, Kenneth to get a follow up on that. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696 on the air with Kenneth Allen, who is headed to the IPS school board. Uh, Kenneth, when it comes to this e-learning business, I know you said you have a, a scholar in the system uh, who's getting their education. So I, I'm, I'm hearing just, from, just a little bit of clarity. My, my students don't live in town, so they're not they're not in the district. Okay, 
Uh, but they're in Indianapolis, so they're doing e-learning. Um, so no, 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 they're they're not in Indianapolis. Oh, okay, they're okay. Not in the state yet. <laughs> oh, My okay. children don't live. Yeah, they don't live in Indiana. Okay. Uh, so uh, let me press that. Uh, so when it comes to this e-learning thing, um, is your push to get kids back into the classroom, or is it to remain in e-learning as this pandemic continues? Yeah, you know, that's a, a very uh, difficult question to answer, to be totally honest with you, Cameron. Mm-hmm. I think we have to balance health, science, uh, and the reality of not make, not allowing our children to fall further behind. We do know that there, um, that there is no proven curriculum for that K through second grade for virtual learning. We do know that it's very difficult for our students that have special needs and disabilities to learn virtually. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, this is the most challenging time, I think, in history in education, because we want our students to be safe. We want their families to be safe. But we also want to make sure they don't fall further behind as a result of this pandemic. So it's a, it's a challenge. You know, you know, one of the things that the board member are going to have to do is rely on health experts and their advice and what they say and how best we should proceed. 317-239-9696. More callers here on our live line. Let's see who this is on line one. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning. Good morning. My Who's this? Is, yes, my name is Sherry Bell Garrett. All right, Sherry. And I would just like to congratulate Mr. Kenneth Allen. I watched him a lot of days downtown at the city county building talking to people. It was just uh, great to see a young man uh, get out and fight for what it is that he believed in. And I just wanted to tell him personally uh, thank you for doing what you've done, and I'm sure you're going to do what you said you were going to do, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherry. Another call, 317-239-9696. Caller, good morning. Uh, yes, it's, yeah, my name is Kevin. Hey, Kevin, you're live on the air. Hey, how you doing? My, my question is, uh, I was listening to a gentleman the other day, and he kind of made a lot of sense to me. He said we have been teaching our kids how to pass tests and not to learn, mm. and this, this uh, e-learning is really exposing that. I was trying to figure out what is his take. Does he think we need to reevaluate and revamp our, our school system here and teach kids how to learn? And that way, if something like this comes up, they, they don't lose anything. But when you teach them how to teach it just to pass a test, now when they're at home by themselves or with, even with a parent who might not be educated at all trying to do e-learning, to me, I feel like a lot of these kids just can't keep up anymore because of this. Thank you so much for the call. Ken? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to do a better job in just preparing our students for a test. You know, that's one of the reasons why I want to employ the idea of implementing entrepreneurship education and financial literacy education going back to, you know, kindergarten. Because I think that when our students graduate, yes, they should be prepared to enroll in a two-year, four-year institution. Yes, they should be uh, prepared to uh, enlist into one of the armed services. Yes, they should be prepared to be employed at a livable wage. Yes, but also they need to be prepared to go to the trades that they so desire. You know, I had a conversation with the unions uh, during the campaign season. They have all these jobs available and not enough people to fill them. So we have to make sure that we're exposing our scholars to a lot of opportunities to include the trades and to also include entrepreneurship. So they decide to take those roles that they, they are prepared to, to actively go into those fields. So, Kenneth, as we get ready to wrap up, uh, and we can squeeze another call or two in 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. As you uh, get ready to sit up there at behind that big board and that, that big desk, um, are you going to be a school board member that continues IPS on the path that it's on? Or are, are, do you want to kind of steer things in a, in a, in a modified direction? Yeah, well, I I think we have a a brilliant superintendent who in her first year has done some phenomenal uh, things. And uh, to be honest, she had probably one of the most challenging years in education in her professional career. So I think that the district is going in the right direction. I think that there are always, obviously always areas to improve, but I want to make sure that I'm supporting the superintendent, but also holding her accountable and also working with the team of board members to make sure that we're doing what's best for our children and continue to put them first uh, because they're not our future. They are right now. And so we have to make sure that we're doing everything possible to make their educational experience one of the best, not just in the state, but in the nation. All right, Kenneth, we've got just a minute or two left as you get ready to move into to your new role and folks want to contact you. How can they do that? And 
And once you're in that job, how will people be able to contact you without you coming on the radio? Absolutely. So uh, one of the things I indicated at the beginning of the show, uh, all, PS, all IPS board commissioners get a district email address that will be active and running, I'm told, on January 1st. And so you can visit the IPS website to get a list of all of the commissioners, not just the at-large, but you can also see which district you fall in and get not only your district commissioner, but the at-large commissioner's contact information. We do uh, obviously hold public meetings every month, so uh, there's an opportunity to, to uh, participate in those virtually because of the pandemic. So obviously we'll be very accessible, but at the end of the day, you can always call uh, the IPS uh, central office to get contact information or to get directly in contact with any of your school board commissioners or the staff. All right. Kenneth Allen, school board mich- commissioner elect. Thank you so much for joining us here on the open line show and starting your week with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you for all you do for education here in Central District. We appreciate you. Absolutely, my man. We will be talking with you uh, in the coming weeks and coming months. You have a good one. Take care, my friend. All right. All right. Kenneth Allen, so glad to have him, uh, who got a lot of attention throughout the campaign. As we wrap up the show, uh, you heard one of the callers mention uh, the food drives that are going on um, throughout the city. So, All of the Marion County school districts are still serving lunch uh, at their different satellite locations. It does not matter what school district you live in or where your kids go to. They can still get some food. They just got to find out where that location is. Uh, In addition to that, I want to remind you that food, box, and meal distribution will continue this week with the Urban League. It's each Tuesday. I would suggest you get there early before 10 o'clock. I was there a couple of weeks ago doing a story, and the line is very long, so we know the need is still great. 777 Indiana Avenue, they are feeding families in need due to COVID-19. No ID is required at the Indianapolis Urban League on Tuesday. That's going to do it for me here on Open Lines. Coming up here on Hot 96.3, more music is on the way. And for those of you listening on WTLC, the Hour of Power with Al Sharpton starts right now. We'll see you next week at 8.